Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest edition of NFL Study Hall. I'm your host, Cade Chumslin. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet for only one reason. It's because we're talking about the NFC North. And the NFC North in the 2022 offseason, not a lot happened. So there's not really going to be a ton to talk about. A lot of these teams just stayed the same. A lot of defensive movement on both, on basically all four teams. We'll talk about that a little bit. But other than that... Not a huge, not a cup, not a bunch of big trades that went down. Not a bunch of huge deals, and not really a lot of good grades to dish out. So there won't be too much to talk about. Make sure you guys are liking and subscribing on Instagram and Twitter, and here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. As I'm continuing to count down the final off-season grades in the 2022 NFL offseason before I get into my fantasy football rankings, my 2022 regular season and playoff predictions, which will be throughout the entire month of August. So we are getting down to the wire. Preseason is right around the corner, so make sure you get all the NFL Study Hall action this fall. First off, we're going to go to the team that had, in my opinion, the best offseason in the NFC North with only a B, and that's going to be the Minnesota Vikings. First off, they got their year started off right, in my opinion, with a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who was the previous two-year offensive coordinator at the Los Angeles Rams, and you probably know what happened last year with the Rams. I love this new offensive coach. I love how he's going to be working with, in my opinion, a very similar personnel compared to what he had in Los Angeles. I know he had Matthew Stafford, who is definitely a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, but a solid running back in Dalvin Cook, two stud wide receivers, just like he had in LA. Now in Minnesota with Thielen and Jefferson, he's going to be able to use a lot of the same schemes like he did in Los Angeles with the Rams that he's now bringing over to Minnesota. Love this head coach pick. In the draft, Minnesota did well by boosting the secondary. There had been a ton of veterans on the secondary, including Xavier Woods, Patrick Peterson, and Harrison Smith. But with that great trio of a lineup, they really disappointed us last year. So the Vikings said, okay, no problem. They got rid of Xavier Woods, brought in a different safety in Lewis Sign, who was the last pick of the first round from Georgia. Only had one interception last year, but nine passes deflected, so he's definitely got potential. Then they went in the second round on the 10th pick and got Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, who's going to be right now backing up uh, Cameron Dantzler. So it'll be Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, Lewis Sign, and Cameron Dantzler, who's the new secondary it, we'll see how they do. They might not do too much better, but I love how there's a new look now in the Minnesota secondary. That being said, the biggest thing Minnesota went out and did this offseason was go ahead and sign Zadarius Smith from the Green Bay Packers. You may or may not have heard this name before. He was talked about a lot last year, but that's because he was hurt and only played one game. In the 2020 season with the Green Bay Packers, he had 12 and a half sacks. And the year before that, I think he had 13 and a half sacks. This guy is a veteran lockdown defensive end who plays in the linebacker position as well. And this is someone that the Vikings have been desperate for 
Because to be honest, Daniil Hunter last year did not step up to the plate. And now they've got a new face in town who's going to be able to boost that. Daniil Hunter is still an amazing defensive end. But now they got the man who's got the stat line to back him up in the most recent time period. They also went out and got Jordan Hicks from Arizona who had four sacks last year. As well as Harrison Phillips. Now Harrison Phillips come from Buffalo and he's very injury prone. He's only had one and a half career sacks in his short career and hasn't really had to go through a full season yet. But I definitely do think there's potential in this young defensive tackle from Buffalo. So new defensive front, what seems like for Minnesota. And then on the offensive side, we all know their talent is stacked. Their offensive line didn't really do great. Christian Darsaw is coming into his second year. Hopefully it'll be a, he'll be a little bit better. But they went out and got Jesse Davis from the Miami Dolphins, which is not really saying a lot considering what we knew the Miami Dolphins offensive line to be last year. The only really serious losses, Dakota Dozier, who is a veteran offensive guard, had been dealing with a ton of injuries. He went over to Chicago. Michael Pierce, from who went to Baltimore, was the previous defensive tackle, um, which to go from Michael Pierce to Harrison Phillips, I think is a downgrade, but hopefully with the additions of Hicks and Smith, they can overcome that. There's quite a few unknowns on the Minnesota roster right now who are free agents who haven't signed with anybody yet. And I don't believe they will sign with what I'm seeing on the depth charts that they will sign with Minnesota. Those being Anthony Barr, Sheldon Richardson, and Mackenzie Alexander. The only one I'd be really interested in is Mackenzie Alexander because I think he's a phenomenal cornerback. I think Barr and Richardson are kind of on the downside maybe of their career. There was also a revamp in the contract with Kirk Cousins. Not exactly sure I would have done that at this time considering he had a few more years on his contract left, but... It's not going to hurt you. Kirk Cousins has the potential. We've all seen it before come in clutch in playoff moments. He's just got to keep it more consistent. He's got to be able to take advantage of the talent he's got in Minnesota. Overall, I think it's a B. I think it's above average. I think they took care of the things they needed to with the secondary and the defensive front. Now it's really just all up to Kirk Cousins and this defense to step up. Kevin O'Connell, good luck in your new year as a head coach for the first time. There's a lot of good things coming in Minnesota, especially with a division that I think has gotten a lot weaker this offseason. Green Bay Packers. Now let's talk about the Packers. Obviously, we are all wondering what they did in the draft. Going out and grabbing a linebacker and a defensive tackle as their first two picks and not getting anyone, and especially the offensive player. Those two defensive men being Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, both from Georgia. Now to be fair, these guys are both studs both national championships, both great stat lines. However, we were wanting some offense. But then we got it in the second round. Christian Watson from NDSU, considered the sixth best uh, wide receiver on a lot of people's draft boards. He is a stud of a wide receiver. I personally haven't seen him play coming from NDSU, but I've heard a lot of great things about him. So he's, he's second on the depth chart right now behind Alan Lazard at the wide receiver position, maybe Rodgers can get a connection with the young buck from North Dakota. But other than that, you look at who they signed compared to who they lost, and it's it's extremely different. I was trying to think of a more fancy word there. That really didn't work. But you look at who they lost. Obviously, we all know about Devontae Adams. He had a career high, 50, over 1,500 yards last year. He's out to Las Vegas. Zadarius Smith, I just mentioned him, 20, 12 and a half sacks in Minnesota in 2020 goes over to Minnesota. Billy Turner, veteran offensive tackle, goes over to Denver. Who do they pick up to replace them? 
For Devontae Adams, they pick up Sammy Watkins, who last year with Baltimore, with an injury-prone Baltimore on the running back side and a little bit with the quarterback, had only 394 yards and one touchdown. He's really been downgraded since his prime times in Buffalo. For the Zadarius Smith, who do they bring in? Defensive tackle Jaron Reed, who only had two and a half sacks last year in Kansas City. And for Billy Turner, they didn't get anybody, but David Bakhtiari is supposed to be back this season. He'll be on the other side of the ball. That should help them a lot. This is an offensive line that has just been on the average side for the last few years. Now, this defense, though, they they kept a lot of guys that they needed to. Devontae Campbell, Jair Alexander, huge stuff there. They boosted, obviously, with Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. I'm not worried about this defense whatsoever. I'm a little bit concerned with the offensive line on the outside besides Bakhtiari, and I'm a little bit concerned with how Rodgers is going to be able to do with an offense that's without Devontae Adams for an entire season. We all have heard the stat line. Packers are undefeated when Devontae Adams is not in the game under the Matt LaFleur era. However, we haven't really seen this play out for an entire season. I'm giving the Green Bay Packers a D plus. I think everything they lost, they downgraded in. And I think in the places they needed to on offense, they didn't upgrade enough to compete for a Super Bowl this year. I might see the Green Bay Packers go out in the second round again this year. I just don't think this team has the has the stamina to get to it to get to a Super Bowl. I know Aaron Rodgers has got it, and I know Aaron Jones has got it. Even though he hasn't been there, I think Aaron Jones is still a stud running back. But you got so many Alan Lazard as your number one wide receiver. He hasn't been in the number two spot in his career let alone his number one spot. It's definitely going to be weird seeing him right there. We'll see how many touches he gets from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was just downright going to Adams, going to Devontae Adams, no matter what, in any situation. This time, is he going to spread the ball around? Is he going to trust Lazard, Watson, Robert Tanyan, who's now back this year after being hurt for most of the second half of last year? Will We'll see. I'm not exactly sure. There's a lot of questions going around how Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are going to handle this new offense, but I still only got to give them a D plus. So we go from D plus in the Green Bay Packers. We're about to get worse with the Chicago Bears, who if you've if you've seen any other rankings this year, the Bears have been on the last tier when it comes to how they've handled this offseason. You've got a second man, Justin Fields, who started off and on last year, was basically your main starter by the second half of the year, end of year. So you're going into your second year, and you want to help this guy out. So what do you do? You draft a cornerback, then a safety, and then some no-name wide receiver from Tennessee. Then you bring in a guy from Kansas City, who's not Tyree Kill, but Byron Pringle, who had five touchdowns last year. More than I thought he had. But then you put Byron Pringle as your number one wide receiver. You don't really help out your offensive line, who got wiped last year by the Cleveland Browns. And you give up most of your defensive talent. So basically, you have set up Justin Fields with no offensive line, little to no specialty wide receivers or tight ends, and a defense that will most likely be 
whomped every time they go out in the field and you're going to be playing catch up nearly every single game. I did not like it. I don't like it. Do I think their defense has potential? Sort of. I think the guys they drafted are great in Kyle Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. I think that defense and defensive end Al Quadin Muhammad had six sacks last year from Indianapolis and is definitely going to help that defensive end. He had the same amount of sacks as Khalil Mack last year. Is Khalil Mack of better talent? Absolutely. But production, Muhammad and Mack had the same. So that was definitely a good help right there. Nicholas Morrow to help out with the loss of Eddie Goldman. Morrow had three sacks last year with the Raiders. Raiders notorious for... Uh, Actually, no, that was the Chargers who were notorious for allowing the run. The Raiders weren't as bad, but still, not a huge name there. You also pick up Justin Jones to back up from the loss of Akeem Hicks. Jones had three sacks last year with the Chargers. Akeem had three and a half sacks last year. Basically, the way I see the Bears running their offseason, whoever they lost, they brought up a guy who was not as good. You lost Allen Robinson, who only had 410 yards last year. But let's be clear, he didn't want to be there in the first place. You lose Allen Robinson, you bring up Byron Pringle. You lose Khalil Mack, you bring in Muhammad. You lose Akeem Hicks, you bring in Justin Jones. Okay, so you've basically gone from bad to worse in the offseason signings. Who do you draft? Uh, Late round cornerback, safety, and then no-name wide receiver, and Vilas Jones Jr. from Tennessee. Not exactly what you were looking for to help out your second-year quarterback. And you can't really bring anyone else back in because you lost Andy Dalton to the New Orleans Saints and Nick Foles to the Indianapolis Colts and signed Nathan Peterman, the most hilarious quarterback in all of the National Football League in my generation. This is an F for the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields, I am praying, stays healthy the entire season and just gets the reps under his belt because there is no success coming the Windy City's way anytime soon. Last on our list, we have a C-plus Detroit Lions. Now, I say it's a C-plus because they didn't really do anything wrong. I just didn't think they they did enough. I think they're going in the right direction. I actually love how they ended last season. I don't think we understand how many games were close last year. It seemed like every time we played, someone played Detroit, it was either a blowout or a one-score game. I couldn't really believe it when I was watching these guys. But Jared Goff didn't really stink the bed this year or last year, and I don't really think he will this year. Who did they go out and draft? Aiden Hutchinson, the man from Michigan, the number two overall pick, 14 sacks last year in 2021, which is just downright unbelievable for a college player. They also went out and got Jamison Williams, who I knew was a stud wide receiver from Alabama, but then I didn't realize he had almost 1,600 yards and 15 touchdowns last year. Stud wide receiver from Alabama. So huge on the defensive line, huge in the specialty wide receiver position. Also on that side, they got DJ Chark. He only got 154 yards last year. But let's be honest, he was with a Trevor Lawrence-led Jaguars. Now he's on a better team with a better offensive line and a better quarterback with more around him. G.J. Chark is a great talent, and I think he'll do well behind St. Brown, who had a breakout year last year. It's St. Brown, Chark, and Williams. Honestly, I think one of the most underrated wide receiver trios in the NFL. 
You also have DeAndre Swift in the running back position and Jamal Williams, who had a decent year last year. So this, it's not a terrible offense. Payne Sewell is going to have a better year this year, obviously. So the offensive line isn't horrible. It's the defensive side that really concerns me. In the secondary, you're not doing terrible. You actually signed Deshaun Elliott, who had an interception last year, and you brought in Chris Board, who's a linebacker who didn't really do a ton last year with only 41 tackles. But you lost Trey Flowers and Jalen Reeves-Maben. So it's kind of some trade-offs right there. This secondary really concerns me, and I also don't think they're really going to get to the quarterback at all. So if the offense can hold on, if, if the defense can hold on to holding the guy, to holding the team to 20 points-ish, I think the offense has enough potential to get to be able to crack down on 25, 30 points every other game. I, I really do think you got TJ Hawkinson on the t- tight end position. He's arguably a top seven tight end in the National Football League right now. Jared Goff is coming off some highs at the end of last year. I, I was really... Really, honestly, surprised by how the Lions did, and I'm I'm actually looking forward. I don't know if I've ever said this or thought this in my life. I am looking forward to seeing how the Lions do this year. I think they they won't compete for a playoff spot. Let me get that straight. But I think they have the potential to ruin other teams' playoff potentials, i.e., the Minnesota Vikings, who apparently can't beat the Browns to save, who can't beat the Lions to save their lives. And so I think in the NFC, the the Lions have the potential to do some serious damage on other teams. Well, guys, that's going to be all for tonight. Like I said, very, very short episode with not a lot of things to talk about. But there is definitely a lot of questions revolving this NFC North. Is Zedaria Smith going to crack down on the Minnesota Vikings and help them get over the hump of getting into the playoffs and getting into that second round? Is Rodgers going to be able to compete with the new wide receiver core he has? Is Justin Fields going to stay alive with the lack of talent around him? And do the Lions have the potential to be the wild card that's not going to make it to the playoffs? We'll see. I'm loving this division in 2022. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your weekend. Peace out.